0: Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today again for my third episode on Defining Your Success. Uh, For those who are tuning in for the first time, I'm your host. My name is Wakas, I'm a Leadership Fellow here with the NHS England Yorkshire and Humber Future Leaders Programme and I'm also an ENT Surgical Registrar. Over this last year, as a fellow, I've had the opportunity to speak to some incredible clinical leaders through networking at conferences and meetings and emails, and also convinced some of them to somehow come onto my podcast. And it's been brilliant. I look up at a lot of these people as mentors in the clinical field. However, when I actually go back to think about my life, the first true leader that I saw who left a mark on me was the one and only Sir Alex Ferguson. And that takes me to sport, an area where you find some great leaders and people who've achieved some incredible things. So before I introduce my guest, let's just think about adversity as a term. Adversity is sometimes seen as a barrier to progress and us succeeding. But at the same time, this is an opportunity where we can potentially learn from our failures. And these complex situations sometimes open up other opportunities that we didn't actually expect to come. It's just important that we are ready to actually grasp these when they do arise. So moving on to my guest, and it's a pleasure today to be joined by a good friend of mine, Ben Watson, MBE. Ben's a double Paralympic gold medalist, and he won two golds in Tokyo in the 2020 Paralympics in the road race and time trial in the C3 category. Ben was quite late to cycling and was picked up at a Talent ID Day by the GB team in 2016 but was competing for the team by the next year. He's currently training and is hoping to compete at the Paris 2024 Paralympics, and I wish him the best for that, and I'm sure that he'll absolutely smash it. It's great to have you today here, Ben. Cheers, Marcus. So just starting with the interview, really, I thought it'd be nice to find out what success and failure meant to you as a child growing up.
1: So everything begins when you're a child, doesn't it? Um, Success. I suppose everything from sort of winning sport, so I suppose before being ill, I played a lot of, quite a lot of sport. Um, Everything from sort of athletics to sort of like football, Um, not particularly to a high level, just for like school. Um, and then I suppose doing well in exams, musical and sort of school exams as well. So I, suppose, so I suppose for me success is effectively succeeding in things I was doing, but I don't think there's ever a huge amount of, pressure I never put a huge amount of pressure on myself definitely trying to think back to 20 odd years ago and I never think there was a huge amount of pressure from my parents either but I was probably quite lucky that I went to a good school um good teachers good classes um so that helps as well so I think yeah I did pretty fairly well and yeah I, I think it was ever I think looking back probably it was never really scared of failure I was upset when he lost a football game or something but it was never a bad thing I don't know, you, learn, you learn from that.
0: Yeah. What was your musical instrument of choice?
1: Uh, Violin. So, yeah, grade seven on the violin. Oh, excellent. Uh, um, And then I've played a couple of instruments as well. Just different, yeah, clarinet, a bit of piano, and a couple a of couple other stringed instruments as well. Is that something you've carried on with? It's not. It's something I've been meaning to get back into so i need next time you see him you'll have to say right you still playing the? you started playing the violin oh, again to i've been to start <laughs> up about three months ago and just haven't got
0: around to it <laughs> yeah. so uh, support sport was always a big part of your life then growing up
1: yeah i just i think it was just as a general child i was always outside playing football my mates like riding around on our bikes to go and do stuff like school was really good so there's lots of after like extracurricular activities lots of athletics football bit of cricket lacrosse everything always doing things after school i think you sort of yeah i'm very privileged about to have that Mm -hmm. Understand, a lot of people don't don't have that but at the same point yeah it was always there's always sport accessible so yeah it was a big part of me growing up i was always doing some sort of sport yeah so with your family who was at home with you so it's my mum and my dad um my mum um, used to work for an IT company, and my dad was that was either here or not here. Sounds very like a very stupid statement to make. But he worked uh, for outside broadcasts, for the BBC, so he was either away, like doing filming things like Glastonbury to Songs of Praise. So yeah, either end of the spectrum, uh, Glastonbury Songs of Praise. So, so
0: free tickets to Glastonbury? Not, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> I wish.
1: I think I think that was probably the case in the nineties, but after that, I think this the, the old freebies and the handouts stopped. Um, but yeah he was either he was away for a large period of time working then be back home so it's sort of similar to the job i'm doing at the moment now where i'm away for a couple of weeks and then back for a couple of weeks but um so yeah i think Mum did quite a lot of the bringing up which is a yeah a bit of a bit of a, a rock my mother she's a, a bit of
0: a weapon she seems to have done a great job wow well, yeah. <laughs> i make that'll make a smile <laughs> yeah. i'm sure you agree um, so cycling uh, obviously it's a big part of your life now but when when did it start becoming a part of your life so cycling came. I had a bike as a child, as most of do, and just rode around teammates. And then I
1: caught a disease called Guillain-Barris syndrome when I was 14. So effectively it left me with weakness built in my lower legs, um, bit in my hands and things like that. But I couldn't run, so I couldn't do the normal sports. So I ended up buying a mountain bike off a friend of mine. Um, and mountain bikes, uh, race mountain bikes for university, like had road bikes. Um, so yeah, really from like 15, 16 really, all the way to now, so it wasn't something I'd done competitively for years and years. After uni and like, through uni, I raced lots of like endurance mountain bike events, like 12-hour and 24-hour like pairs racing, which was just good fun. Did a bit of road racing, a bit of time trialling. But most of the time, I just went to the Alps with friends in the summers, watched the Tour de France, just a bit of fun. Rode our bikes all day, and then watched the tour. It was great, great holidays. So, yeah, it was just something that became part of me. I think as had a sport to do,
0: um, but then I got like, loads of friends for it, a big sort of social circle. So you you talked about the Guillain Barré um, at fourteen. Uh, how long was it into the you know af- after actually having the issues that you decided to get back into sport? So yeah, so
1: I had for obviously those you a medical, and I'm going to butcher everything out. So I had uh, the a mam variant. So I had the actual I had the actual axonal variant, as opposed to just the myelin variant. So it's quite a bit more, quite a lot more rare. But it's also quite a lot more severe as well, especially in terms of recovery. So I was in hospital. I went to hospital just before uh new year in 2003 2004 i was also sort of five or six months i came out of there as a wheelchair for about nine months and then on crutches for about 18 months of that had a bit of acne tendon lengthening surgery which is pretty normal in that situation um so yeah it's quite a while so probably got into it yeah 15 16 as i was yeah at college
0: Mm. and how did it feel getting back into sport good question i've never been asked that before
1: i I don't know I, i think sport was something i did like i'm yeah i've always not thought myself as that competitive i like, am incredibly competitive um which i've since learned learned about but i think you just did it as something something to do something that i enjoy doing so my mates are into mountain biking so i went and did that and i never really thought it would ever lead anywhere to where it's led me
0: now i just enjoyed doing it so i've had a chance to obviously hear about your story and how you actually got into professional cycling yeah but for our audience do you want to tell us a little bit more about your story yeah
1: so i had outside of sort of being ill and yeah starting up in sport again had probably a fairly normal in inverted commas sort of uh life i sort of went to university went to dr brooks um studied real estate became a chartered surveyor had a a, like mid-20s sort of pretty yeah normal sort of life up until there i always sort of rode a bike um and it wasn't until sort of yeah, Rio, uh, I was watching the Olympics, the Paralympics, and uh, a friend of mine who's working for British Cycling said, Oh, do you want to come down and do a sort of a talent ID day? Um, so, effectively, go down, uh, sit on a turbo, do some power testing, get assessed for your categorisation within Parasport, and sort of seeing how it went from there, really. Um, but it went pretty well. I ended up sort of getting put on the academy. So, within British Cycling, sort of three tiers to sort Of the cycling team within Para. You've got sort of the foundation, which is the bottom tier, podium potential, and then podium. Um, I only got taken to a World Cup in 2017 in Belgium. Uh, and I ended up getting fifth place in the road race and sixth in the TT, so I thought I can do this. Um, at the same point, I was still working full time, so I wasn't really sure or convinced that cycling was necessary for me, but sort of the World Cup in Belgium sort of convinced, you know what, I've probably got a good chance in this. Um so I then took myself to uh, self fund myself actually to a World Cup in Holland in twenty seventeen and ended up winning a bronze medal in the time trial. So unbeknown to me, that actually got me um that got me selected for World Champs in South Africa in 2017. Uh, as a sort of we've got a guest rider, so something's not on the full programme, but yeah, opportunity to go and compete at World Champs, ended up winning a silver medal at uh Worlds Level. So that actually got me a funded spot on the po- programme at the end of twenty seventeen. Um, I had a quite a big decision to make there about uh, giving up my job. So, throughout this until the end of 2017, I was working sort of full time and training sort of part time, sort of squeezing in sessions. Everybody else here will know what it's like. You're squeezing in like a gym session at half five in the morning or you're doing a ride after work. You do try and get a bit, I tried to get a big ride on a Wednesday, sort of ride to work at half six and get back sort of 10, half 10 at night after doing a long ride after work. So, it came to sort of then 2017, I had to really toss up about. What am I going to do? Shall I, I go part time? Shall I go full time on the bike? I don't really, I, it was quite a hard decision at that moment in time, but I had a lot of support from sort of family and friends. And the guys from work were really good as well. And they were like, do you know what? Like, you've got to give up your job. These opportunities don't come across very often. You've just got to, yeah, make the leap. So I handed my notes in the next day <laughs> uh,
0: and went, became a full time athlete at the start of 2018. Do you miss the real estate? I do, yeah. It's good fun. I feel like we should do a podcast about real estate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was
1: really good fun. But actually, the support I've had sort of through my family and friends throughout all the decisions I've made have been really, really good. And just having that support network makes it easy to make those hard
0: decisions, to make that jump, to yeah. make a hard choice. And just on that decision, what was the toughest part of actually making that decision for you at the time? What um, what, what was it that actually made? Well, it it <laughs> <hard>? <laughs> you the, This this really, sounds like, really stupid obvious. actually out loud, but
1: um. So my career was sort of taken off in the property side of it i was getting to that point where you sort of like mid to late 20s like i was very well thought of i was good at my job so everybody else was in people interested like i've been headhunted a couple of times by a couple of different companies um just early discussions uh and then i bought a house it's always like you it's the fear of the unknown isn't it it's like well yeah in hindsight it's really easy to get you know in-game ready buy full-time for five or six years and come back to come back and do another job later if you want to but it's not quite that simple at the time I think it's that, is that just put that fear of the unknown, isn't it? You've got a mortgage, you've got established friends, like it's going well. So actually, do you? Yeah, it's not a hardship approach. If you know what, everything was crap. and decided to make it, make a chance and go because of that. Actually, everything's really good. And that was made a bit harder. Like, woe is me. I had a nice job and well paid <laughs> job, and I've gone to ride a bike for my life. But it like actually that's so that was actually hard than I thought it would be. In hindsight, it's really easy looking back. Going right, great because it's gone really well. I suppose you've always got the danger of what if it goes wrong but actually having people there to say do you know what you've got to take the chance if it goes wrong we're here as a safety net that's been brilliant so family friends.
0: Yeah and I think a lot of us we fear about the worst in those situations and you know how bad it can actually be but I think it's rare in these situations that you actually end up in that worst case scenario and obviously yours is probably an extreme example on the other end where it's worked out very well for you hasn't it
1: yeah i've I've massively exceeded my expectations right which has been quite cool (laughs) what were your expectations (laughs) well at one point i wanted to win three gold medals in tokyo i only managed two but i only did two races so um but like yeah but you make you make the and i don't shout about those sort of things like it's not i'll never what 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 do you want to achieve okay so within my sort of group of you might put like my enclave my sort of secret table so it's like this is what i want to do but i never go and shout about it on social media and in interviews or something like that that's not my personality i more quietly go about doing it and you know what i'm I'm also as well i'm the first person to congratulate somebody else if they do well then that's a big part about being a good not just a good sports but a good person like you can go and do what you can do on the day and if you get beaten by somebody you got beaten by the better person you have to go and admit that there's no point going oh they did this they did that it doesn't matter like they did do that and you didn't do that so therefore right well done
0: and then you go and plan how to get better yeah i mean it's nice to see somebody with plans of what they want to achieve my plans are quite simple this year we have a monthly virtual quiz at work and my plan is to be the first person to win it twice that's that's what you want yeah (laughs) You're yeah, having like the like things a, that would give you the joy, really. It is. <laughs> it's, all, it's all
1: about that. It's all about having goals, isn't it? Actually, yeah, so something
0: that's something you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Definitely. And how did you find your goals changing the closer you actually got to Tokyo? So,
1: British, I, I think I said I mean, we did a did talk for your FLP last a couple of weeks ago, and I think something I said. Like British Cycling itself is a really weird entity. Like you're expected to win gold medals. It's a really weird situation to be in. Like, yeah. So you're almost like it's almost harder to get on the team than it is to win a medal, which is ludicrous. Like if you look at it that in the cold light of day, that's a ridiculous fact. There's loads of people who go to a games and they are and they're going and, and I think part of that we don't celebrate that enough that you've gone to a games, yeah. or you've. It, but like I think as well we have put sports put people on a pedestal. who have gone to a games, gone to a World Championships like everybody else who's listened to this podcast or everybody else who you talk to your friends they everyone everyone has achievements and in, in think we which we be better at another thing i said that i don't think we're very anybody's very good at celebrating things mm. i don't want to go for the american option of just giving yourself a massive clap every time you uh eat three burgers but um like actually you, if you do something even if it's not, it doesn't turn out to be as well as you want it to be you've actually gone and done something which is cool like you've enjoyed yourself or you've not enjoyed yourself actually but you've gone and achieved something like you've passed the exam you didn't enjoy it you didn't pass the exam but you worked really hard okay that that in itself should also be celebrated i think we're too, we two we look at success and define success as win, the winning outcome something we'll probably talk about later but i went to the games and i was really stressed running into the games um like going back to the point that to get on the squad you have to be effectively win multiple medals so the track events for the paracycling and all cycling happens first and then so the people who left at home weren't selected for the team at the games who were who i think would have, probably would have medal if they were selected they've got me who'd won a couple of worlds medals. i would won a silver and two bronzes across four years and a fourth place across four years so it's not actually it's actually a really consistent but in my head, I was like, oh, I've got silver, two <laughs> bronzes, and a fourth. <laughs> this trend's going the wrong way. <laughs> I've never won a TT for a time trial. I compete in the time trial on the road race. So I'd never run a time trial before in my life uh, on para, um, on a world level. And, yeah. So for me, I was, I was really, really nervous. But when we, went, we the changed how we thought about it, it's like, Do you know what? We're prepared. We're really well prepared. We've got the best equipment in the world. Like i'm on the best form that i could possibly be yeah i've got to go out there and execute a, a plan and that's it that's a great thing about time trial called the race of truth you can go out and do what you can do and if you're you've got the legs that day then you can, you're gonna win it and ended up winning by a minute over 35 minutes so like yeah the next guy I got 36 minutes so i won by quite a distance but yeah i'd never expected to put that performance in but we talk about having sort of like a flow mentality like people talk about having a flow mentality i I was purely in that state i was in a flow state on that day just everything everything that you find out when you run when you're probably a good example if you're running or you're doing some sort of sport sometime when you're having a really good day you can just go faster and better mm-hmm. some days you're having a really bad day doesn't matter how hard you try you're just a bit useless so on the games day we mindset was that you know what we're gonna go out and do we know, we know we're in a great case, you get great shape rather, best equipment, go out and do the absolute best you can do, execute a plan and that's it and that I think that's part of like what success was and I do generally think that if I'd come back and come like 5th or 8th and actually and I'd had the same ride, I couldn't have gone much harder, like the ride was paced perfectly, like yeah I rode really well and yeah I was prepared really well, I don't think I would have done, yeah if I'd done the same ride I wouldn't have been annoyed. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but it's hard to say that with winning a gold medal and then backing up two days later with another one. Um, but yeah, I just felt I was in absolute flow state. Great legs and
0: yeah, it just yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. It sounds like yeah, and you you talk about your second gold medal as well about the weather being torrential for the day.
1: Yeah, so well, the road race the the road race was really well. I, I quite like racing in the rain. Like, I'm living gloss. We used to live in Gloss in the Peaks. Which is the wettest place in the world? The reason it's not <laughs> officially the wettest place in the world is all the wet, all the rainwater measuring equipment gets too wet and it breaks. Um,
0: yeah. well, how people say, you know, it always rains in Manchester. Yeah, I think, think they probably mean gossip I think they, they do yeah. mean gossip Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah. So fit, um, for the Tokyo Paralympics, the all the road stuff was sort of offsite around the Fuji Speedway. So I think I think it's on it's on G, one of the GTAs. It's, yeah. def, it's definitely on some of on some of the F one on some of the F one games. Yeah. Um, so, and then the road race, the TT was around the circuit uh, and it, we used some service roads as well. And then the road race actually took us off. So we ended up, it's on the side of a mountain. So you end up descending down to the bottom and climbing back up. And woke up in the morning and it was absolutely torrential. And I, I quite like racing in the rain. I, 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 my girlfriend will tell me off as usual in these situations, but I always complain about training in the rain. But I love racing in the rain because I know I go well in it and everybody else doesn't go as well. So you've got like half the like the Spaniards and the Italians just sit there looking terrified, um, and yeah, that's all you need. Uh, sports a mental game, like the physical. is part of it, but the more and more I think about it, like I know when I'm going well, I'm my head's in the space. If my head's not in it, you're not going to go well, um, and yeah, <laughs> I knew from the pedal stroke that I had, well, from the TT, I won the TT by a minute over thirty odd minutes. I knew I had great legs. Um, the course suited me, the rain suited me, it was technical, and then half through the race, I tacked on the descent, somebody gave me a little gap, a second, half a second to a corner, turned that to three or four seconds out of the next corner, by the bottom of the first half cent, it was five or six seconds, a little ramp up, I thought I'd just go full gas here and see what happens, into quite a technical section, which is quite slippery, and I was on my own then, I was like, right, I've just got to go as hard as I can, see what happens by the bottom of the had 15 seconds at the top of the climb had 40 seconds i was like you know what this is just right we've now got the gap we've just got to stay upright mm-hmm. not having mechanicals and get to the end it's not really romantic really <laughs> um and then yeah they have like you have like a commissaire's car comes back and give you gives you time gaps and a lap later the commissaire cars came back and said oh a minute and a half to the Peloton, but G B rider chasing at fifty seconds. I was a teammate Finn. And he'd (laughs) he'd caught me in a race like in a similar situation earlier. I was like, I'm not having this. So I ended up just pressing on the pressing on the button like, right, just go hard for a lap, see what happens. The gap went out to a minute and a bit. I was like, right, I'm in control of this. And go back to that mental thing. Once you know if you're being chased, if you know that the person who's chasing you, you can affect how far how far that gap is. Like a minute's a really long way on the road. Like if you try so we average forty K an hour. So a, a minute on that's five 600 meters, six
0: hundred metres, seven yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, metres. It's a years, lot it's definitely. a long
1: way. Yeah. Um even when you see on a climb, like it's quite a long way on a climb. So you'd have to go the the extra power and it's it's pretty substantial to close that sort of gap. But that's not what you think about in your head, you're like, right, okay. Once once I knew that by if I pressed on, the gap would go out. I knew I had a safety net. And then the final climb with like so I had two laps with Finn Chase and me. And the final climb, just went as pretty much as I could. And I was like, "Well, if somebody can catch me on this climb, put a minute to me on this climb, and I go flat out, then that's it." Uh, and then yeah, my coach and I joked about coming across the line on your own. Um, yeah, and we did it. It was great. It was great. I really I people are like, what's it feel like to win a gold medal? Like it's it's a cool sensation. But for me, I think I've always had a more of like a process athlete. I've mentioned before I you've got process or outcome athletes, process athlete or an outcome athlete. I'm very much in the process style. and reflection, like, yeah, actually, what I remember more about that is actually executing it well. All the training went not to it. All the all the like the bad stuff you go to, like I crashed really hard four worlds in 2021. I hit a, hit a wall at 40 miles an hour, like three days out from racing. Um, still came fourth in the TT. And it's all like that sort of stuff that brings out the performance. Like the medal itself is it's cool. Like I'm Paralympic champion. That's a great thing to say but for me the journey is more important than the success because if you're only interested in the success cycling as a sport it's not a very good sport if you're going to make sure you lose yeah. far more than you're going to win yeah. like i can probably think i can count I like, can at least can use two hands now to count how many races i've won um yeah. but it's not very many compared to how many races i've done
0: no i mean you've you've touched on process and outcome as well and yeah and, you know i think one of my favorite books out there talks about you know it's it's about the journey before the the destination yeah I say um I've heard you previously talk about what defines success for you. and You touched on it a little bit now, but what does success and failure mean to you? I think success is all about
1: doing the best best that you can do. I was going to say achieving something, but I don't think it is. I think it's about doing the best thing that you the best that you can do in a reasonable way. That's really just not very sexy and not very exciting. But I think we're so I don't know. The modern world is all about silver bullets want of be a better phrase it's all about this workout this diet this fad to do x y and z fundamentally to get really good at things you have to do the basic things really really well and if you do the basic the basic things really really well and you're happy and you're content you're enjoying yourself you are going to succeed but that's that success is anything success anything from do you know what for some people it's going to be getting out of bed in the morning like some people like some of my mates have had like pretty bad like depression and things and getting out of bed's a big thing for them that's that's fundamentally success whereas the is 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 winning gold medals or and then you've got yeah getting a promotion getting out getting out on the first date with the girl you fancy like success itself is 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 a massive thing i think we're so we look for something to define it against so we look at a point in time we look at a an event that is success and that can be success but success as well is success every day it's you doing stuff it's you being a better you than you were the day before um yeah so it's quite a zen answer but i think it's i think success is really wide i think failure is part of success like without it's like you can't have the highest part lows you can't have success without failure but failure is failure is not failure failure is just a learning block. you have to learn from
0: your failures to have if, success yeah, yeah if you don't
1: and like i think people beat themselves up about failing like, you can do bad things, you can do... like I'm not saying you should do bad things, but I'm saying that you, as long as you learn, like, you're like, here for you to learn from and to go, do you know what, I didn't do that in a very good way. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, going forwards, I have to change my actions, my behaviours, even, for certain things. Or I have to change, you know what, how I approached that was 80% good, 20% bad, or even if it's 20% good, 80% bad. I've got to learn from that and move on. So I, I think failure and success are really connected. Hmm. And you you can't have one without the other.
0: Uh, it's the fear of failure. I think that stops a lot of people probably pushing themselves to, to, to that extreme to put themselves in that situation, really. But I think a lot of success can can come from that as well. Where you, a you
1: huge know, amount. You've, you've got from. to take the leap to do it. And I think come back, once we come back to that support network, Like I mean, you have to do, work out who, what you're doing it for. Like at the end, of the day, so I've always found this quite harsh, but it's not. End of the day, no one gives a shit about what you're doing, yeah. other than like your family and your friends and stuff. Like, okay, great. Um, in like, say, let's say Mark Rash was great guy, great footballer. Okay, he he might not be very right example, but like, okay, he's a fo- when, when he starts playing football, he'll stick with his charity which is really good. But not, and that's his raising debt, isn't it? But like he won't be a footballer anymore. He'll be known as somebody who scored loads of goals, for Manchester United, won a load of, fo- load of stuff. But actually, fundamentally, at the, end of the day he's—I've never met the man, but he's—he's he's a very like from what I've heard about him, he's a, he's a nice guy, very principled, hasn't forgotten where he's come from, and is w- actually working to sort of fight that. So he—he—he he, he, today, if he does understand this, I'm talking about Mark Rashford, like I he's my best mate. <laughs> but like he's—he his—he like he's got something in there that that's work for him. But the football thing is a facilitate for something that he really... Well, obviously enjoys the football, but he he can now use that to talk about something that's dear to his heart. But, like, you and I, like, me going to win the games, in 10 years, right, I'm on Wikipedia, I'm in the record books, but, oh, yeah, Ben Watson, I'd rather be known as, oh, he's a nice guy, than, oh, yeah, he was a prick, but won won gold medals. Like, I don't want to be that person. I'd much rather not win as much and be known as a nice person who is actually fair... And, yeah, principled and moral. And somebody who had, yeah, who's gone about and just, yeah, being competitive to the nth degree.
0: So that's really nice to hear that because what you're saying is success is uh, subjective to each scenario and each situation. Incredibly subjective. And it's different for you as a person as well for each of these things. So... I mean, for myself, I probably shouldn't um, put my success on trying to be a professional athlete in five years' time. I think no, I'll have to find the right sport. Yeah, <laughs> That's the Snooker might With the the yeah, uh, but you know, it's it's great to actually hear that as well, and I think it's quite motivational for us all that we shouldn't be too harsh on ourselves as well. And
1: I think we, I think we are. I think, like, especially with the social media world as well, like. I think I'm quite grateful that we're of a similar age. When we grew up, like, you didn't have social media. We didn't have phones, like, without sounding really old. Like, there are some really, really good uses for it. But everything you see is a snapshot of somebody's perfect life at that time. They're putting something on social media based around the good stuff. I know like, oh, the, we, we, people put real versus Instagram stuff on. But still, even that's a little bit, that's thought out and filtered and stuff. That you don't see the point of actually, do you know what, you after you break down in tears because you had a crap race or like, do you know what, you question why you're even doing things, or yeah, you end up just, yeah, wondering, and you you have a couple of weeks of, yeah, not performing to your best, because actually you're not particularly happy, because things aren't going, and you have to look at something in a wider place, I think we're so, going back to that silver bullet thing, we're so used to having everything is marketed as, Mm -hmm. this is the best thing to allow you to achieve X and Y,
0: yeah. Uh, you've talked about that self compassion kindness to yourself as well how are you kinder to yourself? what do you do to help you
1: good question like I suppose i'm I'm probably not very good at it, but also quite good at, it at the same time I'm generally quite i get really like we're talking about sort of levels of stress I'm generally quite a chilled out guy but then if I get stressed I have a bit of a explosion and then right we have a have the emotional response and emotional- emotional response and then the rational response but i suppose like Okay, for example, recently I've had some issue, technical issues with my bike setup and I got really annoyed about it yesterday. I'm going to a World Cup, I need to do well in these World Cups in a couple of weeks, to get selected for well, get selected for World Champs and then if I do well there, get selected for the games. So there's always we're always looking ahead, looking ahead, looking ahead. But actually the point is, do you know what I got annoyed at that, so Okay, some things have happened. But I can't affect anything that's happened in the past. So I can only affect things that are going forwards. See, it's fine to have be a bit upset about things. I think people have to get you have to get upset about things. Otherwise you can't process it and move on. I don't know, that might just be how I work. I I don't know, I've studied very briefly studied a little bit of law as a module at university and something that really stuck with me is, is the man on the Clapham omnibus, who is like who is your definition of the reasonable man. So if you've reasonably done as much as you can do And that's quite a good level to sit on. Like if you've if you've do you know what if you need to lose, like for me let's take weight for example my my weight fluctuates i need to be better at that to be a better and fundamentally you weigh less you go a bit quicker um my eating is probably about 80 85 at the moment but it's not coming through the world so i find it really hard to focus so i'm not beating myself up but do you know what i'll have a pizza every now and again or do you know what i need to lose a bit of weight it's coming off slowly should it come off quicker it might do but i'm not beating myself up on that because i know that i will be in the right i know that if I beat myself up, all you're going to do is get upset and go eat some cake, or you're going to go and go off the rails and have, yeah, a couple of beers and have some bad food. Like that, it's more important to be consistently at 90 85, percent, 85, and allow yourself a little bit of bad stuff than trying to live like a monk for two weeks, then crack for three days, and try and do that. I think I'm generally quite forgiving on myself overall, and I think that's quite a good thing because I'm never too worried about. I'm not too worried. It's probably one thing. if I don't go well, I get annoyed at myself, but at the same point I've only got myself to blame so i've t- I take ownership of what I do, and if I'm not training or haven't asking the right questions or getting the right setups, then that's for me to sort out okay, I've got a really good team behind me, but also it's on me as well to make decisions around what I'm doing day to day
0: so you you talked a little bit about what helps you as well but yeah. it, just in your life what have been the the things that have helped you the most in regards to people or experiences to to succeed in in life i'm thinking fundamentally my parents
1: my parents have in, been incredibly supportive they're really, like they're always they'll just drop what they're doing to come and help me and save for my sister and save for my friends like yeah they'll all it's just that that so sort of don't forget your partner I don't well exactly getting... <laughs> no but so and, I, I, and that, that that was prior now and now and now i live with my partner uh and she's really good as well and she's got a hard job she's a doctor like a lot of people listening to this podcast are and it's hard and i like to try and support her and she supports me and it's hard like we live in a very busy life don't we uh and alice has been alice is incredibly supportive um and she'd like to come to more races and stuff like that but things don't work out like which she's trying to come out to some races and like just so like lack of confirmation of start days and think you know, that means she can't come out into worlds, but that'd be really cool, like having to come out to worlds. And she's really she is supportive. Um but yeah, I think it was probably my family and my family and friends start off when I was growing up and then now as you get older my parents are still there as my family and friends, but my partner is
0: really supportive. Yeah. That's brilliant to hear actually. And I think yeah, it makes such a big difference to have that close knit uh, group around you as well. Just a question to yourself, really. Do you see yourself as a success? I find it, I think it's the, the whole
1: Britishness in me says no. <laughs> um, do I see myself as a success? I think I'm... Yes. I would was, was say yes. I am. Su- There's no harm in saying yes. But no, I, I, I'm just conflicted yes, yes, myself yeah. for saying yeah. we, should, <laughs> we, should, we should... From uh, earlier in the podcast, from me saying we should, like, celebrate success more. I suppose, yeah, I am successful. Like, everybody is successful. You just defining what you class as success which is the whole point of this podcast um so great segue in there um <laughs> but yeah exactly that I, I would say i'm a success but not only just in sport but in other things as well like yeah i've got a great i've got a great partner like we have great times together there's also you also get a point for you just like uh you get a bit grumpy. and that's part that's part of that that's what i'm learning you have that's part of having a relationship but it's how you have that conversation you go oh actually we need to do this or like Actually, what you said there annoyed me, and it's probably me annoying her by well, not tidying up, leaving piles everywhere, um not doing my jobs. um yeah. But like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's and it's great. Like life itself is is a cool thing. I think we we I think I don't know. This is me being probably a little bit sexist now. I think being a boy, a male as well, like you like you just convince you're invincible until about twenty five, aren't you? You do, yeah. yeah, yeah like do. like you, <laughs> are, you, don't, you don't have any mortality, yeah. um so you don't think about the future um i think i'm still like that now i think i'm still right now as well (laughs) just more more aware of things but yeah that i would say i'm successful and but there's lots of people who have been part of that success it's probably what i'm trying to get to and
0: i wouldn't be there without all these people helping me and supporting me that's very true ben but i think at the same time it's important to appreciate that you will be a role model for many people as well who, who will look at you and your story something to aim towards as well and as an inspiration and it's important to see that as well yeah
1: and i think for which which is which is quite nice to be told um but i think for me like it's just not doing it it's not doing anything it's just as i said before doing the basics well having a really nice support network and backing yourself to take that leap but also it's easy to back yourself to that leap when you've got the support behind you
0: definitely yeah and again one of the questions i do like to ask all my guesses is, is there any barriers either mentally or physically that you've had to overcome in your life and what have you learned from it
1: yeah i think like life is barriers life's all about working out challenges like for me my sort of disability and how i sort of like class myself as able disabled that sort of thing that was a challenge mm. uh, and how I work how i work through that um just take today like challenges are, every day you face challenges don't you it's about how you deal with them and what and how you approach them, and well, actually what you learn from them, and taking that success out of that, and going, Do you know what's made me a better person than I was yesterday throughout having a challenge.
0: You talk about the the disabled and disabled side of things. How how did you come to terms with that?
1: Well, I suppose was when I was fourteen, I sort of didn't ever. I just sort of ignored being disabled, and then yeah, or less able. And I think you just like for me, I'm not visibly that visibly disabled. I walk a bit funny that's about it yeah if i'm wearing shorts i've got no calves um but day-to-day it doesn't massive doesn't impact me massively and i never used any so obviously i have foot drops so i just i've started to use like foot ups and that's really helped walking <laughs> unsurprisingly <laughs> uh i don't follow my feet as much uh, and then cycling as well i never cycle with any adaptions and i use some like carbon orthotics so actually coming out and saying right actually these are useful and actually this is actually going to be a performance gain that helped me go do you know what actually it's quite good quite a funny story we're in the alps in 2019 and i've been wearing spence for a year or so i was out riding with a mate and went up a went up a one of the long alpine climbs and we cut past this group this group of middle-aged english blokes. went flying past them I'm like, hi guys I'm like, yeah i and we, we 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 dropped over into italy and then came back and we we're at the top of the climb i'll take some photos and my mate and i was with just sat and these guys were like we he saw them and just got chatting. was like, oh, "How's your days get? How are your days going, guys?" He was like, "Yeah, it's going pretty well. Like, we got uh got overtaken by a guy with no legs." It's like, do you want the good news or the bad news? They're like, i oh, gone." Whereas, like, the good news is he does have some legs. The bad news, is he wasn't really trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that is is quite amusing. I suppose I've just become happier within myself. I think it's what we have as we as we
0: grow up. You get more and more comfortable in you, and I think it's always it's always going to be evolving project. Yeah, and it is it's one of those things that's always there, isn't it? Yeah. Like growing into yourself, uh, you, you'll be changing as a person. People around you change as well, but it's always just being happy with the person that you are in yourself as well. Yeah, and it can be hard to find that contentment. I think for a lot of people, but um I think that's something we should all try to aim towards. towards
1: yeah, to I think into. as well, and, and and like the key relationship in your life, like your partner like mm. she, he or she or they are part of the person you want to spend your life with because you get on with them really well like yeah. and that's that's a great thing like they have like yeah my partner's great i love her she's cool like yeah brilliant brilliant human being friend and partner like we you spend so much time with them as well and they have to be but that's, it's these relationships yeah. you have which are i think shape you and them and it's how you sort of grow together
0: is mm. quite cool as friends with the other half, I'd have to say she, she is all right as yeah, well. Yeah, she's so. not bad she. I don't know what <laughs> she's she do with me, bad. but yeah. <laughs> and uh, just to finish the podcast, I just wanted to ask one more question. So uh, I like to ask my guests as to one piece of advice to give to a younger self, uh, like a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, for yourself even, you know, around that time, as a, yeah. a lot of big changes in your life. But going back in time, what one piece of advice would you give to yourself?
1: i'd say you like back yourself like and just keep being the person you know you are inside like that nice affable approachable human being that'll get you further than any anything else will like actually just be you honest stick to your values and give and give and give things a try like you you've got a great support network so take the leap
0: and it doesn't cost anything to be nice to each other. It does, does not it? cost anything to be nice.
1: No, I, I really, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't like when people aren't nice to each other. I just don't see the value in it. I just, yeah, it's always it's harder to be hold a grudge and be nasty to somebody, in
0: my view anyway, than it is to be pleasant and try and sort a situation out. Honestly, Ben, for somebody who's gone through so many barriers, probably you know, in their life, you're sporting as well, wise as well. It's really nice to hear that of all the things you come up with. For well, that advice that you give to yourself, it's just to be nicer to other people.
1: Well, exactly. If you spend your day worrying about what people think about you or how, yeah, you should always go and approach things and approach people how you want to be approached yourself and how you how would you how would you like to be treated? And I don't know. We'd all like to be treated well, af- personably, and with respect. And if you can't do that to somebody, if you can't do that to somebody else, how the hell can
0: you do that yourself? And then from that, how can you succeed? Exactly. No, thank you so much, Ben. I think we'll probably finish on that note as well. But thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning into to Defining Your Success and listening in on Ben and I speaking. Any ratings, reviews and feedbacks are appreciated. My email address is wbmdin at gmail.com. I'll be back again in around about two to three weeks time with my next guest. Until then, look after yourself.